and I'll just talk a little louder as well. All right, thank you. <laughs> the other solution. The other solution. The ugly one. I miss Homestar Runner. I didn't realize it didn't exist anymore. Like, you just... I was just walking with my girlfriend one day, and I was talking about it, and I actually quoted, uh, you know, How to Draw a Dragon. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside, a show that is in fact a stretch goal from a largely unrelated Kickstarter project. That's bullshit! <laughs> I know! Who funded us? No one. Bandai, that's why we don't get turn A, Scott. <laughs> Bandai Germany funds us, clearly. Yes, no, that's true. The government of Germany is funding us? Because why not? It's money that doesn't go to Uwe Boll. That's why. That we are a slush fund for the government so they don't have to pay Uwe Boll. I may have just actually explained why we exist. Yes. That's terrifying. Neat. Nope. I'm Jim, everybody. <laughs> I'm Jeff. And I am Scott. Speedy transition. Pick of the week. Scott, go. Okay. My pick of the week is going to a uh, little graphic novel I just finished reading. It's called The Reason for Dragons. Uh, it's, um, I cannot recall the author or illustrator off the top of my head, so I'm going to fill time while I look that up. But it is the story of, it, it's kind of got that um, Steven Spielberg, suburban gothic, coming-of-age story vibe to it, where it's, um, it is about a young man who is upset with his stepfather, who's kind of a douche, who wanders off to an abandoned uh, renaissance-themed carnival whereupon he encounters the, one of the former entertainers who's gone a bit mental after uh, some trauma from the arson that took down the uh, aforementioned carnival. And then they meet an actual real dragon and there's a joust on motorcycles scene. It's by Chris Nothrop and uh, Jeff Stokely. It's really fun. That went somewhere I completely didn't expect. Yeah. Like, there was a real dragon. <laughs> I was just like, okay, so maybe maybe the dragon's a metaphor? Nope, no, it's real. And there's motorcycle jousting. Huh? Okay. Sounds like, like fun. Ah. I'm game to give it a look. Yeah, it uh, comes out in June. Cool. From the guys who publish Mouse Guard. And I presume other comics, but I really only know them for Mouse Guard. All right, All right, Jeff, um, go. Yeah, Jeff, go. Yeah. I'm throwing this at Jeff just so I get to go last. Ah, speedy transition time, huh? Yep. Uh, my pick of the week goes to NyQuil. <laughs> <laughs> I was, last week, uh, last Thursday, I went to see Iron Man, uh, the third Iron Man film in theaters, and I felt a little bit of a tickle in the back of my throat. 
didn't feel that terrible, but when I left the theater, I, was, eh, I don't feel so good. Stopped and got a Gatorade, and I didn't feel bad. That night, I started feeling really bad, and I didn't get much sleep that night. And I'm sitting there. I wake up the next morning. I check the temperature. It's 72. I'm shivering and sweating. It's like, oh, this can't be good. <laughs> I got a high temperature. I'm coughing. I'm hacking. I feel awful. I had the most miserable friggin' day on Friday. I just felt absolutely awful. Then I went out and got some NyQuil, took some of that. I don't remember anything else, but I got sleep. <laughs> and the next day I felt better. So you know what? NyQuil, it's a cure for what ails you. <laughs> nice. That sounds like my Friday, except mine was vodka, whiskey, and beer. <laughs> Which is essentially what NyQuil is. Yeah, so. basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Yay, you... NyQuil. Yay, NyQuil. <laughs> All right, so does that make it mine? Yes. You're, you're the last guy. Go you Jim. know what? I'm being different today. Uh-oh. They know where this is going. I don't have a pick of the week. I got an anti-pick of the week. I got a bone to pick of the week. That's what dun, I got. Dun, dun, Ah. Uh, all right, so there's this thing on the internet. You may have heard of it. It's called Kickstarter. It lets you throw your money at superfluous projects that you probably shouldn't buy. Um... I have thrown my money at numerous projects, most of them done on Onyx Path by the guys behind White Wolf, who I've been supporting for years. I like a lot of their games. And this week, they're like, hey, guess what? We're going to pump out Exalted 3rd Edition. Now, we didn't really heavily address Exalted in our D&D-related tirade, <laughs> but we kind of did. We kind of did. Yeah, it was, it was one of those, this is Exalted. Exalted exists largely so it can spit in the face of D&D, and that's what it does. It's very good at it. So, I'm looking at this. Now, I own First Edition Exalted. I have a Collector's Edition leather-bound beautiful book, $75. I own Second Edition Exalted, full-color book. It's a lovely book, 40 bucks. And then I'm looking at their Kickstarter, and I'm like, okay, standard-issue Kickstarter stuff, so where's the 60 ish dollar price tag I'm willing to pay for a normal full-color book? And I don't see it. Okay, let's check 70. Nope. 80. Nope. So at $120, I finally find it. I like White Wolf. I do. I love these guys. Great bunch of people. They, they like to put out games that I played a lot when I was an angsty teenager into an angsty adulthood into university and sleep deprivation. Wonderful people. I'm not dropping $120 on a role-playing book. Not a core book. Not one. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't justify that. I'm For not the record, made of... I threw $120 at Evil Hat to get an entire game line. <laughs> yup, and that's reasonable. You know what, if it was a three-pack, like if this was, let's pull D&D in here for a sec. Player's Handbook, DMG, Monster's Manual, everything you need from the get-go. You tell me that's $120, bucks. i am going to cringe a bit, because that's going to sting the checkbook. Worth it in the end. This? No! No! people want to disagree with me, that's cool. I am not going to tell anybody, don't do this. I am saying I think they set the price target too high on this one, and that's a damn shame. And it will not come down. Nope. That, that's the sad part. I think something that was missing that uh, a lot of early Kickstarters in the tabletop field did was, hey, as the, the more we print, the cheaper it gets, the lower the threshold to get onto a physical book, the more we print. Yeah. 
to the point where if you threw Daniel Solis 15 bucks for, uh, like, for the biggest example is uh, Doe Pilgrims of the Flying Temple, to get the book of that at the start of the Kickstarter was like $40. And it's, it's a small volume. By the end of the Kickstarter, you only needed to give him like 15 See, and that's cool. That is cool. That, that's cool. That's fair. I like that. And that's an approach I could get behind. But I'm looking at $120 price tag. I'm not expecting it to move. And I'm going, no, nah, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I got vacation at the end of the month. We're going drinking. We got stuff to do. I, I, don't, I don't have that kind of money. I, I do have the beer. Yes. I have bought the beer for you. Yes. It was Donut that the one fan very nicely donated to keep the podcast machine rolling. Thank you, so fans, cut, for the beer. So Jim's cut is sitting in my party robot right now. Yes. Where's my beer? Nobody loves you, Jeff. When, when you come up to this general area, you will have your beer. All right. Or if I travel to your area, I will bring beer with me. Damn right you will. Also a good answer. Otherwise, just bring in more NyQuil. You'll be fine. <laughs> details, details. Apparently, they're producing a version of NyQuil now that is neither NyQuil nor DayQuil. It is just the booze that knocks your ass out. And right, I saw it. that, too. It just helps you get to sleep. <laughs> like, yeah, it's NyQuil. What the hell else is it going to do? Yeah, they've, they've just removed all that, that one ingredient. That they've removed the menthol from it. That yep opened up your sinuses for the half hour it needed to to get you knocked out and just includes the knock-you-out ingredients. Right. It's not like any of us have ever abused NyQuil <laughs> to get a six-hour, you know, get at least five hours of sleep in between ver- the various things that knock our sleep-, sleep schedules out of whack. Yeah. Well, see, the you problem know. is the, ne- the next day I had to work, so I thought, okay, I'll take... I never t- took Dayquil before, but I went in and tried it. That was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> they say that stuff. Done. No, I was really loopy that day. <laughs> like that. That th- I think that's the only like over-the-counter cold medicine that comes with the no heavy machinery warning. Yeah. No, 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 no. If I was operating heavy machinery, I'd be scared for someone's life. That stuff. Yeah. They say you know Dayquil. Oh, it won't knock you out. No, it just made me really hazy. And really fuzzy, and loud noises made me blink a lot. <laughs> so yeah, yep. I, 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 I'm, I'm not gonna be trying Dayquil again. But Nyquil, thank you. <laughs> no, man, no. You try Dayquil on a two-day span where you just don't have to work. You just sit on your front porch, drink Dayquil instead of doing whatever else you're gonna do. You're gonna have a great old time. <laughs> this is acid for poor people, is what that is. Ah. <laughs> uh. See, I don't. I, I fail to understand why anyone would resort to you know illicit drugs when there's so many things in the pharmacy. <laughs> well, even you know, allergy meds are fun. Oh come on, man! You know why people are like no? Nah, I got I got to be different. I got to be a rebel. Whereas those of us on a budget who are like no, nah, I just want to get a damn bus. <laughs> like I'm like no boost. Hey, <laughs> it's good for what ails me. Everything. <laughs> Brewer's yeast is rem- has numerous healthful, qual- healthful qualities. Buy unfiltered beer when possible. Heck, if you're really cheap, really cheap, buy some just standard baker's yeast, some apple juice, and make poor man's cider. <laughs> there you go. 
Yeast goes in apple juice. Apple juice is left to ferment. Drink in five days. Be slightly wasted and kind of feel pretty bad about yourself as a person. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I remember reading that that the uh, on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Yep. What was the number one uh, beverage brought aboard those ships? Beer, by far. There was enough beer on that ship for every man, woman, and child to have a pint a day, and they still ran out before they got to North America. Well, you know, it's... It's a it really does, boring trip. It's a boring trip, and water, well, if you're... You, you have to bring your own water, and that's kind of boring, and keeping it clean is just a hassle. Yeah, well, that's so, just stupid. Well, think about that. So, for there, there, marginally there enough... more, you can just bring beer. Yep. Think about that. There was enough for every man, woman, and child, and not every child drank. Some did. But there was enough for a pint a day, and they still ran out. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you had... need because there are just you know there are twenty four hours a, in a day, okay. and you need at least six pints for that amount for that period. Yeah. And I mean, you had a good day. You didn't <laughs> die to dysentery. I'll drink to that. <laughs> My buddy just died to dysentery. That's a shame. I'll have Let's a drink, drink in to his him. honor. <laughs> yep. Hey. One more pint for me. Yep. Yep. He doesn't get his pint today. Guess who gets it? Me! Traveling across the ocean. Promoting alcoholism since fuck you, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. All right, and on that lovely note. (laughs) And on that note, I'd like to announce that we are kickstarting the podcast continuing. No, not really. Give us money to do stuff. We don't know what. (laughs) Yeah. No, actually, no. Let's do that. Let's do the world's shittiest, po- the world's shittiest Kickstarter, not the world's shittiest podcast. <laughs> I know there are people worse than us. But no, we'll do no, I, I know for a fact. I'll link some. <laughs> oh, no, no, let all. Oh. But for zero dollars, you will get this podcast. For an additional payment of zero dollars, you will put up with us swearing and slightly belittling one another and the audience. <laughs> For zero dollars, we will make references to Germany for reasons that we still don't fully understand. Because Germany is awesome, and they tune in, and they're the only ones that we can say for certain do that. And for zero dollars, we will mention beer, EPD abridged, and baseless jokes. Did Jeff just get eaten by a robot? Yes, Jeff was eaten by a robot. Let us drink to his memory. Hey! Domo Origato, Mr. Roboto. Is that you, Mecca Jeff? <laughs> I've probably been having connection issues lately. <laughs> well, you know what? The next time you do that, I am just sticking with calling you Mecca Jeff, and that's going to be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Though I Again. suspect you probably don't have a freeze beam, so. Uh, but I, I, I bet his head spins around really fast to that's give true. him a shield. It's that was... Man, I love Godzilla. <laughs> you know, people have actually requested a Godzilla episode. We may have to fix that. Shit, we totally need to. And yeah, we can hear you sort of. Mm. Keep talking and we'll see if you turn into a robot again. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Domo origato, Mr. Roboto. That, there we go. Th- that's much better. Yep. Yes. It's much less robot. People will almost think you're human again. Yay! 
Of course, now that people think you're human, I will now uh, start running your voice through a ring modulator. So you, <laughs> so, so you still sound like a Dalek. Oh. Yes, but he's a Dalek that consumes NyQuil. That's, I'm pretty sure most of them can't do that. That's I'm the best sure, kind. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure the whole, you know, exterminate thing goes right out the window when you're too blasted to move. <laughs> hey... And before we before we really get on topic, may I just say for one moment, um, community should should go away now. <laughs> yeah, I I read the synopsis on the last episode because I haven't been watching it this season because I don't watch TV. Just just think fond think of season three fondly and kind of pretend this one didn't quite happen. Well, yeah, like I read that synopsis and I'm like, wait. Okay, seriously, the darkest timeline is a fine little joke to pull with Abed? Yeah. And that's all. Yeah. Yeah. And there's... Six seasons and a movie has now become our monkey's paw. You know what? If a dead Jeff Winger knocks on my door at the end of the night, I'm blaming you. All right. Okay. But there we go. That... that... Apparently they're going to do another one, and I'm like, really, NBC? Well, what else are they going to do? Yeah, what else is on NBC anymore? Well, they canceled the Thursday. Voice? They did cancel Thursday. Yeah. Is How I Met Your Mother still on the air? Yes. Have those kids gone through puberty twice now? Uh, I think, well, now they're just using recycling the same footage of those kids. I d- like, That's... it's pretty obvious It's that they are sitting still, not blinking, and the camera just zooms in on them at the start of every other episode. That is disappointing. I would actually really enjoy it if the show had, like, the kids have visibly aged. They're sitting there, and they're like, Dad, what the fuck is wrong? with? Why did you decide to tell a story about this is how I met your mother by starting with this is a girlfriend that I fucked, like, eight years ago. Here's everybody else's crazy fucking sex lives. Here's a whole bunch of shit you don't need to know. Well, here's the here's thing. Here's how I met your mother. The, 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 the show is how I met your mother, but I'm like, this is the adventures of Ted and his crazy friends. Mm. The mother is just some carrot I never cared about. And now the show's just like, the, sh- the crazy adventures of Ted and his friends have gotten stale. The promise of the mother is just there as a reminder of, oh, there is an eventual point to this, too. Fuck. Oh, yeah, there was an actual pl- point way back in season one. I remember that, yeah. The mother's actually dead. Oof. Yep. yep. Dark. Yep. I'm going to start writing alternate endings for that series just for shits now. <laughs> Why not? Turns out, his mother was a man the whole time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Ted's not actually... He doesn't actually have kids. He's been in an asylum for the last eight years just talking uh. to a wall. Oh, that's amazing. Do that one. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that has to be how it ends. Like, Barney is in fact Tyler Durden. Yeah. <laughs> His doctors are like, all he does is just sit there and tell these long meandering, meaningless stories to the wall, no matter how many drugs we give him. (laughs) Well, and then there's the one doctor who's still like, you know, he told that story yesterday, he told us that story about the best sandwich he ever had. That was kind of amusing. (laughs) I will give you that, but when he's sitting here and he's saying, you know, we're all drinking nice bottles of warm piss, are you stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We do have a diaper on him, right? Like, I don't need to check that. 
So I'm also hearing we need to do a sitcom episode. <laughs> you know, this might be something we need to do. Yeah. But tonight is not a night for sitcoms. No. No, tonight is a night of the 80s. Sort of. Kind well, of. Well, at least the really good bits are of the 80s. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Oh. All right. Is anybody else segueing into this, or am I just going to point out what tonight's episode is about? Yeah, just roll with it. We're doing Terminator, roll. folks. Yeah, no. Shall we knock out all the obvious ones real quick? Sure. Um, I'll be back. Hasta la vista, baby. Um, no, no. Let's, other ones I'm think, forgetting of. Now let, let's draw this out for just a minute, because I think there, there's an opportunity here. Audience, you have to tell which of the three of us has the best Arnold impression. Oh, oh Christ. No. No, no, seriously, I am not doing this. I did that at Gen Con 2005, and I sucked at it. I am not doing it again. <laughs> I got stuck in a room with a bunch of LARPers, and they asked me to do a Conan the Barbarian, and I couldn't fucking do it. I am not doing this again. Oh, oh God. It's all now, now we have to hear it. Now we have to hear it. No, seriously. I know I mine sucks, but just by that story alone, I want to hear it. I actually can't do it. That's the problem. I don't. Out of all of the voices I can do and all of the twisted accents I can pull down, I can't do Schwarzenegger. I can't. I can't. Like, it doesn't change. It's This is the voice I do Schwarzenegger in. I cannot do it. <laughs> I cry, damn it. Yeah, I just, give us, just, give us your, just give us your best hasta la vista, baby. Cracking my jaw here. <laughs> Fine, fine. I'll go first, just to, just to break the ice and see how bad I am. Hasta la vista, baby. See, that was awful. Yeah, that, that was. Like, that, was... That, was like, that was like baritone, Arnold. <laughs> that's, that's Arnold after too much NyQuil, Arnold. Oh, fuck. Okay, one sec. I don't have any whiskey that's nearby. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Hasta la vista, baby. Wow, there, that was awful. Yes, that's <laughs> fucking terrible, man. That's, that's just saying, like I said, that's exactly like you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the is, it's just me, and it's in my sinus cavity. Like, I can feel it in the upper part of my nose, and I'm like, what the fuck? It should sound different. Why do I just sound like myself? Get to the chopper. Anyway, yep. Scott. All right. It's your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so here's, here, here's my Arnold, or at least the, the Terminator Arnold, because there are easier Arnolds to do. Mm. Oh, yes. And I'm going with, uh, I understand now why you cry, but this is something I cannot do. Was that Russian Arnold? What was yeah. that? Yeah. In Soviet they... Russia, Scott is Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I heard. <laughs> We're terrible. We are bad at this. We are really bad at this. Wow. This is amazing. Who won that contest, re, uh, listeners? And wow, you got a tough choice. <laughs> there you go. I am really sorry. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm throwing that out there right now. If you want reparations, let me know. I think I might have some electrical posts I can offer you. <laughs> we will refund that money you didn't give us on Kickstarter for that, folks. Yep. Yes. <laughs> just think, folks. All of the money you've given us on Kickstarter coming right back to you. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's the kind of deals we offer here. <laughs> all those zero dollars you gave us, they're all coming right back to you. Because we're great Just guys. hoping we don't get sued. Who would sue uh, us? 
Somebody who's clearly suffered emotional trauma from those impersonations. <laughs> All right, I can't so sleep at night even with Nyquil. God. <laughs> All right, so Terminator One. This movie's awesome. <laughs> yes, very good sci-fi horror pick. Yep. Like I, I this mean, was back in the day when Arnold Schwarzenegger was in, extremely intimidating. And, and the fact that he didn't say a whole lot in this movie made it even more more intimidating. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. This thing was the juggernaut. Like, it it didn't die. It couldn't be stopped. It barely slowed down. Like, you're watching this thing. Nothing seems to hurt it, even when it doesn't have legs. <laughs> Don't keep on coming. Yep. No, that, like, that was a truly, you know... Back in the day, that scared me when I was a kid, just because, just that thing. It's like, what do you do? What do you like, have to do to kill it? Like, it still holds up as a horror film, even on repeat viewings. Yeah. Like, that's hard to do, because it doesn't rely, like, it does not rely on jump scares. It doesn't rely on the usual horror movie tactics. It's just, this thing cannot be stopped. Yeah. Watch yes. as we try for two hours. Yeah. It's as inevitable as death. It does not stop. It does not slow down. It knows no mercy. And they do a great job of playing up the fact that it knows absolutely no mercy. Because yeah. it's just, I need your clothes. Well, I'm gonna, well, you're dead. I'm taking these now. <laughs> you don't need them now, do you? Yeah. I've got, but, like, I've got a phone book. I... I've got four names. Guess what? Can I also what? say that that little putz they sent back from the future <laughs> to protect her, that only made him, you know, turn into worse because, like, wait, 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 wait. This is the best you got? <laughs> hey, they sent Michael Bean. Yeah, man. <laughs> they, they, they sent Michael we, Bean back. We are really fucked in the I future. Mean, Holy he, crap. He's this not is Kurt Russell. Best? Like, he's not Kurt Ry Russell. But Michael Bean. He had a career back then. This was his career, man. Yeah, that's that's really it. This Kurt Russell would have been a better choice. Send Kurt Russell back. I'm think I'm thinking he would be a little bit more helpful. No, of course it all makes sense in the end when you realize, oh, we had he had to send him back. Yep. Predestination paradox and a predestination paradox done properly. Well, yes. this is the, where I, I would actually call it the second best predestination paradox in film. The first being the first? Bill and Ted. Oh yeah. no. No, 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 no. We are not going wild stallions here. <laughs> yes, wild we are. stallions! Okay. But that's it. Like, it's Terminator 1. If you separate it from all the rest, if we just sit down and we're watching this movie on its own, its predestination paradox is perfect. And, you know, something I don't think people talk about much anymore is you watch it, and for the first half hour, or the first 20 minutes or so, you aren't sure if Michael Bean or Arnold is the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, I like that they just have these two guys doing functionally the same thing without any explanation as to what either what or why either of them are, either of them are doing it. Well, yeah, it makes the audience as lost as the characters. And that's it. Like, you're – in that regard, that's a good way to do a horror movie. You isolate the audience. Like, the audience is sitting there. We're used to watching anything we watch. I mean, you watch classic slashers. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to hide in the closet. Don't hide in the fucking closet. Jason's already in there. What are you doing? <laughs> like, you watch these, you get people yelling at the screen. Well, Terminator? and here's the thing, is in slashers, you, in order, apparently, to make slashers intimidating, they have to kill a bunch of people. But people 
but test audiences respond poorly to sympathetic characters dying. So yeah. you end up with like half an hour watching these assholes cavort around until Jason finally kills them for <laughs> and, their misdeeds. But, and by and that you're sitting point, there going, finally, fuck. Yeah, come that on. Point, you're rooting for Jason. It's like, yeah. where's the dude with the like, There he is! Kill him! Get him! See, here get we him! only have one target. We feel for Sarah. Like, she's yeah. she's a perfectly normal person. Well, that, especially because this is before all of the rest yeah. of them. She is normal. She's generic 80s woman Why? In this movie, she is normal, everyday person. You pass her on the street. Like, actually, fuck. One sec. I'm going to kick... Do you remember what she was doing at the beginning of the film? Like, do you remember what her job was? She, she was waiting tables. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Like, this is it. She's a nobody. She's no one. Yeah. Like, she's... It's just, it's Linda Hamilton, and it's Linda Hamilton, bef like, reasonably during and therefore before Terminator. She's not, you know, all built the way she becomes in two. It's a perfectly reasonable response to what she's seen. She's a fairly average North American female. And I almost wish, With and I, I, someone yeah. might tell me there's a longer cut of this movie where they spend as much time with the other Sarahs. Well, there's a comic there was a comic I've encountered where they address, like, since things didn't work out the way they'd planned, they send another Terminator back. He makes the same mistake, but he goes after a different Sarah. And she somehow winds up surviving. Now, it's probably not canon because it was a comic in the early 90s. Yeah. But it was intriguing because she barely survives. And the only reason she even survives is basically because before the Terminator can get to her, it realizes this is the wrong target and just goes back. Like, it's, oh, shit, target identifier finally queues up. This is not the one that I want. I've killed a couple hundred people by this point. Not that oh, it well. matters. Yeah, exactly. Details. Yeah. yeah. That is an interesting thing about the Terminators. Just, we really get the sense of cold, conniving, emotionless. I have a, I have a project to do, and that is to kill Sarah Connors. The easiest, most effective way is to look up Sarah Connors in the phone book and kill every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Process like of all... elimination, bitch. <laughs> yeah, if they're all dead, then I don't need to worry about it. That's I mean, it. It's, it's cold, it's mechanical. It's exactly what you would expect of them. Now. It, it, and that's the frightening thing. It works so well. Like, this well, yeah. is the only time I've... Like, I, I kind of... Like this is kind of a play on the prank, the Frankenstein, the 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 technophobe narrative. Yeah, this is the only one that I really buy. Like as ridiculous as the idea of Skynet, Skynet is, or using humanoid robots as killing machines as opposed to you know drone, you know our current combat drones. Yeah, this one I buy because it's it is afraid of. It's afraid of the cold, calculating nature of machines. It's not afraid of, oh, we are playing God. No, it's like, yeah, this is this this is what happens when you let machines run things. Yeah, machines have no emotion. They do not create emotional context or attachment the same way humans do. So everything becomes solely about efficiency. Now, one small thing that sometimes people kind of neglect that I always loved as a little detail with regards to the Terminator, was the fact that it has to be wearing living tissue to travel through time. 
Like that's they stated that in the first one. Yeah. It's it's got to be living tissue surrounding that thing for the time travel mechanic to work. And I'm like that's on the one hand like it's pretty clear the skin's just vat grown basically. Yeah. But when you consider the fact that probably the first couple times it experimented, it wasn't. They didn't go just fuck it. We're going to grow this in a vat because it's faster. They went, well, we've got all these dead humans and semi-living humans around. Let's just start pulling chunks off and slapping that on there. Like the thing. Yeah, well, it pulls up an even greater Frankenstein motif because you've got the base body covered in parts. Like Kyle even mentions that the early Terminators, like the the T-700s, were like, what, rubber? Yep. Rubber, Rubber coverings designed to infiltrate the survival settlements. Like, that right there, I'm sure if, you know, um, Ridley Scott had had a budget, he might have shown that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, if there had been some actual money behind that, they could have. And it would have been cool, because it would have been, it would have suited beautifully 80s animatronics. Oh, God, well, that's what I love. I I am so glad no one has gone back and made a CG Terminator skeleton for the last scene. Yeah. Because I love the stop motion at the end of this movie. Well, it adds to that fear factor. This like thing is, is stiff. It's it is, rigid. It's it, not real. Yeah. And you're looking at it, and you're like, I know that isn't real. So why is it so damn threatening? Like, it's playing on the, these are bones, but this is not bones. This comes back to that human fear of death. Like, Terminator? Terminator 1 was fantastic as a horror movie. And I mean... Well, hell, the 80s was great for that. 80s science fiction horror was fantastic. Oh, beautiful stuff. Yeah. But there are very, very few flaws with the first Terminator movie. Yeah. There, like I said, if I could go back in time and redo it, I wouldn't change a whole lot. (laughs) No. A little tweak here, a little tweak there, but nothing redoing it now. Even if someone said, hey, remake Terminator, I'd be like, but Arnold's really old now. <laughs> right. If somebody and I mean, you could just as easily like, grab The Rock or you know, Channing Tatum. They no. Like, this is one of those rare cases where you can't remake the movie because you got to have the exact same actors to do it. It's like well, if you try, were tried to remake Back to the Future, you can't do it. You can't have anybody but Michael J. Fox playing Marty McFly. You can't have anybody but Eric Arnold Stoltz. Schwarzenegger playing the Terminator. I will, I will argue Marty McFly, and I will state Eric Stoltz because he was originally up for the role. But Fail. but someone now. Yeah, no, nobody now. Uh, James Cameron apparently has stated that even the Austrian accent worked because it gave his voice this kind of synthesized quality that further dehumanized him. Who would you get for that? Like, on a visual level, you could get Carl Urban, and Carl Urban could do that. Like, there are plenty of... But there are plenty of big guys out there still. It's you not... could hire a big guy to do it, but it wouldn't feel right. No, exactly. Like you could hire some kid to you know do a Marty McFly and do a very good Marty McFly. Be like, no, this ain't right. Yeah, it's this is not. It loses something. Like if somebody told me to remake Terminator, I would take original Terminator and do cleanup. It's like say say they wanted to make a new Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford's not in it. Say they want Shia LaBeouf to be Indiana Jones. No. No, no, shave no. the beef can go do something else. No, you just can't, you know, not even just LaBeouf or anyone. You just, no, you can't yeah. do it. Certain people have owned certain roles, and when they retire or pass on, that role's dead. <laughs> yep. I mean, you want to come back and do a different take? Sure. Sure. I'm okay with that. 
but don't try and give me the same thing again. I already have it. I can watch this movie a thousand times, and I will continue to watch it. They could put this on screens now, and I'd pay. Move, I'd pay. I'd pay for a ticket, full price. Yeah, yeah. I would hate the ticket price. Yeah, quite openly yeah. hate the ticket price because it's. But I'd hate it less than say half the other. Like I'm reticent to see Spring the new Star Breakers. Like I'm reticent to see the new Star Trek movie that premiered today. But for that same price, yes, I would watch. Yeah. Terminator One again. Yeah. Well, why not? Right. Why not? Yeah. That, that would be a fun movie. I, I usually don't prefer they remake them and put 3D on them. That might actually be a pretty... To see that Terminator walking towards you in 3D. That was intimidating before. Holy shit. <laughs> that opening scene in 3D. Yeah. Oof. Ooh. Or the, or the scene where he's getting squashed by the you know, machinery and the hand comes out and reaches yep. for you. No. Yep. No, thank you. No. It's like, and I'm going to be sleeping with the lights on. Right. <laughs> and the, well, I was about to say and the door bolted, but let's be honest, if a Terminator's coming after you, door bolted doesn't matter. No, that doesn't Door matter. don't matter. Yeah. Well, the, uh, again, to come back to the total inevitability of it, the fact that it is functionally a juggernaut, nothing gets in the way. Doors, like everything you understand is protection, is totally meaningless in the face of this thing. It doesn't stop. Speaking of juggernauts, Terminator 2. Boy, what did it do to that box office? Oh, wow. I, I really... I love Flash. I am so the glad that Terminator 2 is not Terminator 1 again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Terminator 1 was a sci-fi, sci-fi horror movie. Terminator 2 is an action movie. Yeah, which fits the 80s tropes of let's give you a science fiction horror movie and then let's follow it up with an action film. Well, it, it, it's James Cameron's move. Yeah. It's a good move. It works. But I love looking back on the merchandising. Like, here's an R-rated film. Here's a film with a ridiculous amount of violence and explosions and swearing and everything else. Kids cannot get into this. However, since this is the 80s and your kids have already dealt with R-rated in the form of RoboCop, which you bought a bunch of toys for, um, you should buy all of the Terminator 2 action figures for the movie your kids can't see. Yeah. 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 I had them. I had the battle damage Terminator where he would squeeze his legs and his torso would pop open. It was awesome. Lovely. Yeah. I, I, I still can't see Robert Patrick. And even then, they still kept that certain inevitability and horror of it. Like, you have Robert Patrick, who I am still mildly frightened of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I see him in other things, and I'm like, oh, man. Can I argue John Connor's that, in trouble. Can I argue that he is one of... Robert Patrick, just, you know, in a police uniform is one of the creepiest and most badass movie villains in history. And yeah. I think p putting him in the police uniform just adds that level to it. It's like, he's the guy you're supposed to trust. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they kind of do that in the first They send them both there. It's like, okay, it's the Terminator and the clean-cut white guy. Who do you think is going to save the day? Like, they, Nope, it's the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. You they know play that it monster backwards. you're used to? Here's... Yeah. <laughs> Like, he's your only hope, and he's defunct. Yep. He's obsolete. Yeah, I loved that. Like, that's everything. You're dealing with the T-1000, and I completely agree. I can't look at Robert Patrick and not see that thing. Like, he, he was the lead on X-Files for two yeah. years. Yeah, nope. And I was like, yep. when is and he going to walk he through could. the bars and he, murder me? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, he did everything he could to get away from that. He changed his, you know, walk. He didn't walk like that. He walked like a normal human being. He wasn't so robotic. He used his real voice, because if you ever hear him talk, he's got a really thick, you know, Texas accent. Yeah. But in the movie, of course, he lost that and went for, you know, the cleanest, straight-legged guy from Los Angeles you could ever hear from. You know, talk normal. and But boy, when he just walks and he has that glare and never blinks... Holy ass crap. <laughs> well, that's it. He's he's still just as mechanical. But he yeah, it, it's hidden it's, a lot better. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's a cleaner efficiency now. It is no longer just, okay, well, I'm going to bash my way through this wall because I have to. Okay, no, I'm just going to slide through it. I'm going to slip through here. I'm going to drive a bike into a helicopter. Then or I'm through gonna... the windshield and yep. just tell the pilot, get out. Yep. And you know what the pilot's like? You know what? I'm in a helicopter. I'm way above the fucking ground. But I'd much rather I'd jump out of this helicopter. I'd safer jumping out than with this thing. Yeah. Well, that's it. And who knows? Maybe the guy, like, you fall from that distance, you might die. You might just fuck up your legs. But that thing just drove a bike into the side of a helicopter and slipped through the hole it made. Guaranteed. You to get out. Yeah, Do you know it's what I'm gonna, doing? I'm getting out. <laughs> yeah, it'll turn you into friggin' slurry. And, I mean, there are also times where it just seems to kill unnecessarily. Not heavy-handedly, but when it's faking the phone call to John yes. and the adopted parents is there drinking the milk and he just puts a spike right through Shut the guy's up, head. you damn dog! Yep. <laughs> That's the end of that. Problem solved. This is slightly inconvenient. And, actually, to pull back to Linda Hamilton, how much she changed between the oh, two. I love the way they did that. That, yeah. that sells the movie to me. Like yeah. Lindel, just looking at Linda Hamilton in in the hospital room sells so much of this movie. Well, I was afraid what they were going to do is like, okay, she's going to be this hardcore, kick-ass, crazy, you know, death machine now. Which she kind of was, but she was also extremely mentally fucked up and with very good cause, I might add. Yep. I mean, yep. if you were suddenly saved by this man who came to the future... Yeah, you ended up having his baby and was almost killed by a giant death machine from the future. You would have some serious issues. Yeah, and you were boy, never going to be healthy. No, no, there's it, no humanly possible way you could be sane after that. Yeah. I mean, with a little bit of luck, you'd be a little better off than her, but she had no luck, so. <laughs> you will be taking drugs for the rest of your natural life. Yeah. But, hey, you might be okay. But that's it. I mean, and then shit hits the fan, and she's like, oh god, this is happening again. Doesn't curl up into a wimpy friggin' ball. She's like, okay, no shit needs to be done, only to encounter the damn thing that killed Kyle Reese and nearly killed her. And, and then like, she oh, curls up into a ball and freaks out. <laughs> yep, and that's fair. <laughs> right. Well, when she it's turns a- that corner and the Terminator steps out of the elevator, she's just like, nope, nope, no. And as well, one thing I have to give Terminator 2. Terminator 2, the gun. <sighs> yup. Yup. Back when the days, back in the days when arcades were actually awesome and quarter munchers existed. How much time did I burn on that damn game? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's what I was looking for. Unfortunately, it didn't make it. I was looking for... I was trying to find AFI's top 100 heroes and villains. I was hoping to see if the T-1000 made the list. It didn't. The T-800 did. 
in both categories. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fair. That's super. Accurate. That that's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, I do love the way they did that, though. They really drive home. This thing is better than the T eight hundred, in every way. In every way, the T eight hundred is it's outdated. It's yesterday's model. Yes, it's heavy. Yes, it's borderline indestructible. But that doesn't matter. Yeah. Because that's still a 13-year-old kid. Yep. I don't need to really worry about this thing. It's in my way, and I can make it get out of my way because I'm stronger, tougher, polymorphic. But it's the thing on the other side, that muling a little 13-year-old, that I need to kill. Everything else doesn't really matter. And, I mean, it's no different for the T-800. Both of them are there. It's, it's the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Yeah. Like, and it's not, it's not that he's immovable that lets him win. No. It's that the kid teaches him just enough of what it is to be human to be better. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. adaptation. Because T-1000, for all of its advances, doesn't adapt. It changes. Like, it, it shifts as needed by the role it needs to take, but it never really adapts to its scenarios because it never is forced into a scenario it just where it walks, needs to adapt. It just keeps walking and stabbing. Yeah, which it's very, very good at. Like, I mean, it's a very good walking and stabbing machine, <laughs> but... Like, you are hard-pressed to surpass that thing on a walk-stab motion. That's, that's really its, its best use. But it doesn't adapt. It doesn't try and change itself when the scenario gets weird, I mean, when it's dealing with the fire, what does it do? Does it try and put out the fire? Does it try and sneak around, realizing that the Terminator is going to assume it's been destroyed? Or anything to that effect? Nope. I'm going to walk forward. I'm going to keep walking forward until I'm out of the fire, and then I can reconstitute myself completely and continue walking forward. Call it simple, but it's very effective. Oh, yeah. Well, that's. But I always, maybe I'm just a little more uh, not optimistic about the Terminator. I always people always thought, well, the Terminator, you know, Arnold's Terminator evolved. He adapted to the new world. I always thought, and it's like, I don't think he's evolving. Is he's just imitating a human just so the kid will be a little more at ease? Maybe not at ease, but he'll do what the Terminator wants him to do. It's like, okay, my job is to keep you alive. That means you got to listen to what I say. The easiest way to get you to listen to what I say is become friends with you. The easiest way to do that is to repeat the stupid phrases you keep uttering. Yeah, but even then, that's kind of a functional like it, adaptation. Like, it's emotional. And you know what? He stops killing people. Yep. That's slow. Well, that's... Yeah, but the stop killing... There was a rule put inside his, you know, mechanical brain says, I gotta do whatever the hell the kid tells me to do. Within reason. To keep him yep. alive. If the kid tells me to stop killing, I stop killing. Why? Because he's in charge. I'd like to point out that, you know, that there's obviously the Jesus Christ allegory with John Connor. But here's something people don't talk about much. John Connor got to pick his father twice. Yeah. Like, he he picked, he picked, you know, he, he, he picked Michael Bean to be his biological dad. Well, again, predestination paradox. No, he didn't, he didn't, that was chosen by... Fate? <laughs> well, that, that's, that's chosen by infinite recursion. Yeah. yeah. 
But that's actually one of the things that I do like. Can you imagine what that would be like for John? Sitting there, having to decide to send Kyle back, and it's, this guy is my best friend. Yeah. We're buddies, we're wartime friends, we have made it through everything together, and we are at that point that I knew would someday come. Where I have to send him back to be my father, he will die. Well, that's part of the and thing I have where, to do this. where she leaves him all those tapes is he knows just about everything, which is part of the reason that makes him a great commander, which is another predestination paradox. Yep. He knows everything that's going to happen up to a certain point. And once more, once he finds Kyle Reese, it's not an option of, oh, I got to bring this guy along or this guy is important. It's like, no, 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 no. He has to stay alive. Yep. Until no, it's not he can has send him to. Back to die. It's not that he has to. It's that he will. Yeah, because Cal Reese will. is that damn good. Yeah. You, you now know that this guy is extremely important because if he's not here, neither are you. <laughs> yeah. But that's, he gets to hang out with his father in a role that a father would normally never get to play. And he still has to decide, like, it's, do I keep him here? Do that's another I, thing. The, that's another thing. By the time that Cal Reese gets sent back, he's a lot younger than... Yeah. So he's sending almost a kid brother back to go back and be his father. That is just screwed up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a mess. It's an emotional nightmare when you consider the fact that John would have to go through it. And I'm getting into Terminator 4. Why is that not this movie? Why is that not ter- why is that story not Terminator 4? Because Terminator 4 was a bad movie. Yes. If but, you want me to be completely direct and but to be about it. But like we 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 are non-screenwriters sitting here talking about this. Yeah. And we have ter- the perfect Terminator 4 mm. rolling. Yeah. Well, that's and, it. Because you, you can play up those pathos scenes. Because yeah. the audience knows. The audience has been along for the entire ride. We've gotten to see this in linear time. Kyle isn't going to know. And, I mean, it would be great to just have a scene after he's sent back. And even just, like, John sitting alone at the desk. And even just have him shed a tear and look at the picture. Like, just... Kind of fade to black off that, pull the camera out. It's just him sitting there alone because his mother is now dead. He has sent his father back to die. Everything is as it should be. And, you know, just as, you know, someone can walk in and say, hey, I think that we've got the next thing ready. Yeah. And just have Arnold on a slab. Yep. And it's okay. I still have to work. That's another thing. Think about that. He has to send back his greatest father figure. Yeah. And it's this thing that's been trying to kill him for all these years. Yep. Well, even then, that thing that tried to kill his mother is as responsible for his existence. Yeah. As as Michael Bean is, as Kyle Reese is. How did they not... I Now I just really want to know, were the screenwriters for Ford just... Did they not watch it? <sighs> like, have they never sat down and watched any of these? That's the only answer I've got. Hmm. Because this is really easy to put together, and I don't think it's going to hurt an action movie to have scenes of valid emotional pathos. Well, no, because we had that in two. Yeah! Mm. It was there! The thumbs up is sinking into the molten metal, Yep. and there are millions of men shedding a tear at that thought right now. Yeah, and if that... Mm. Well, that's it. If that doesn't hit you just a little bit right in the chest, you're a monster. (laughs) <laughs> you know you what? have you, no soul yeah you go watch Iron that Giant machine that machine has more soul was, than you yeah like this is it 
But they completely skip over it. And I mean, as we're kind of on four. We should take a step back well, and honestly, go to the three greatest is, atrocity. Well, Terminator 3 is Terminator 2 again. Yeah. But Except suck here. Yeah. Yes. Just it was, all that emotional resonance, all that, you know, heart pounding, heart, pull at your heartstrings stuff that was in 2, gone. Yep. And replaced Doesn't by matter. Big Booby Terminator. Well, you know, you want th- one thing that really hurt me with regards to that in a weird way. You know, Famke Jansen was considered for that role, right? Who? Played Jean Grey in X-Men. Ah. Yeah. That would actually like, be better. I like Famke Jansen. Famke Jansen read the script and went, fuck you, I'm not doing this. <laughs> she knew better. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. I'm like, okay, she turned that role down. I didn't she even came back that. for X-Men 3. Yep. That mm. may have been a contract thing, though. They may that's have got her for two movies. Probably. But still, she was in X-Men 3, but she turned this down. And it's still the better decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Terminator... Terminator 3 was just like, wow, Terminator 2 was such a huge, massive hit. Let's see if we can do it again. <laughs> just rehash the whole twice. damn thing. Like, can lightning strike twice? In theory, yes. Not in yes, practice. It, it, <laughs> no. no, that's it. Like, and... There are so many weird little things they tried to do to make it different. Oh, well, you know, she's got like a T-800 style endoskeleton, but she's got this T-1000 outer liquid metal coating. And Which a whole makes bunch no of... sense. Well, yeah, that's inefficient. One of the most effective things about it is T-1000, it can go damn near anywhere. Well, with that big freaking skeleton, guess what? It can't go everywhere now. Yep. <laughs> and then they're, well, you've seen the bit where it's rolling through its onboard weapon list, which was dumb as hell, right? Yes. Yeah, where it's got weapons from aliens. Right. Like, it's got the pulse rifle. And I'm like, wait. So are you guys just traveling forward in time now? Are you, <laughs> like, is this what you guys do? You're just, screw it, we'll travel in both directions until we get the gear we want? Because if you do, why are you still giving this thing an endoskeleton? Like, an exoskeleton. An endo, endoskeleton. Uh-huh. Like, what are you doing? The liquid metal design worked. It worked beautifully. Not to mention it was terrifying. Yeah. And this Terminator, I don't find terrifying. No, I, found, I find it stupid most of the time. Well, that's it. Like, and she could have been terrifying. They could have easily done a female of the species motif with this. They could have done, well, you know, we've seen Linda Hamilton grow from the terrified waitress to the mother of the resistance. So here's... The enemy's female counterpoint. Here's that female of the species that's going to stand against her and be like, no, fuck you, bitch. And Bring they did it. that in the TV show. Yup. Not, not with Summer Glau, but with the other one. But they didn't do it here. And they could have. Easily. Basically, to. Terminator, I think Terminator 3 was like, they suddenly realized at the end of Terminator 2, oh shit, I think we just killed the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, shit, yeah. what do we do? What the hell do we do? Well, they didn't totally Fix kill it. it. They didn't run it with the original ending where Sarah, <laughs> aging Sarah Connor is watching President John Connor take his, uh, you know, deliver his inaugural address. Ah. Which yes, the original cut. Some of the alternate endings are pretty... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Terminator 2 ends, and we go 12 years before somebody decides to dig this up and go, hey, we like money. (laughs) You know what makes money? Terminator. Let's make another Terminator movie. 
And it's like, no, 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 no. stop that. Bad, no. holy, weird, bad, no biscuits. Bad, bad executive, bad executive, sit, sit, sit. Seriously, I want a job where I just sit there with a rolled up newspaper and any time a, you know, a Hollywood executive tries to pitch out another remake, I just smack him on the nose. No. And that's it. And if he actually manages to pull it off, then I'm just going to rub his face in the script. <laughs> you know what you did. Look at it. Look at it. Look at that thing there. You, you sniff that, you bad boy. Yeah. And the, the worst part, part is, is people would pay for that. The worst part is people in Hollywood would actually pay for that treatment. Oh, no. God. See, here's the, here's the terrible thing is that Hollywood has structured everything about distribution to make it impossible for a movie to lose money anyhow. Yeah. Oh, no, you have to be – you have to release, like, Pluto Nash. That's, that's the only way to lose money now. You have to make a movie so phenomenally terrible, no one will go see it. Like, there's a guy at work who comes out with sleep mask. But, yeah. <laughs> but that thing is selling on DVD right now. Like, people are buying this at work. People are buying this more than the fucking Twilight movie that came out. There's a guy at work who keeps trying to tell me that Master and Commander was a good movie, and I'm like, so you're the guy who's seen it. <laughs> Master and Commander? I like Master and Commander. I guess I'm another guy who likes that. I'm not saying it's bad. It's nobody saw it. It did horrible box office. But this is it. Like, Terminator 3, was it was terrible. It was yeah. god-awful. There was nothing interesting in it. That's another one of those... There are certain movies that I go to see the theaters that I didn't like, but, you know, it's like, eh, well, just uh, I'm annoyed I waste the money, but it's nothing that, you know, insults me personally. Terminator 3 is one of the ones I saw in the movie theaters when it was over. It's like, I'm kind of insulted that I spent money on that. <laughs> well, and here's, here's the thing that kind of really bugs me so very much. There's the, there's the line when Arnold shows up in the, in the convertible and, you know, douchebag frat boy John Connor is like, but wait, we stopped it. We, we we took out all the systems. We won. And Arnold says, you can't stop Judgment Day. And I'm like, piss on the franchise. <laughs> yeah. And then Fair you minute. go pick up the DVD. And you go to deleted scenes. Oh, and then God. you get the exact same scene where it says Cyberdyne's, Cyberdyne, Cyberdyne had patents derived from those arms and chips. Yep. Someone bought them when they went out of business. We delayed it 15 years. Like, wow. When I, when I heard that, I immediately thought to that poor guy, I forget his name, the doctor who was the, or the engineer who was studying the arms. and Dyson. Dyson, Miles Dyson. Yep. Poor bastard realized, you know, he's the idiot who, you know, destroyed the world unintentionally. Yep. But he goes out like a boss. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, that, sitting that there little nod to Sarah. Little... It's like, hey, I <laughs> fucked it up. I'm going to end it. I don't know how much longer I can yeah. hold this. And then they look over and they see, oh shit, time to go. And they <laughs> fucking run. And it's, I loved that scene though. That scene was great. Just as his breathing slows down and you're watching this and it's, this man is trying to stop a future. He indirectly created a nightmare future where everything that mattered to him is destroyed. And this is his final act lying there bleeding, trying to give these men who he genuinely doesn't hate. I mean, they were doing what they thought they needed to do, and he's trying to give them the time to escape before he destroys that future. Like, again, I come back to... Two, you give a shit. Like, 
who is Dyson? you're annoyed that they don't. Yeah. Like, who is Dyson? How does James he... Cameron looked at Terminator 1, said, okay, I can do just as good as, the, as this. Yeah. And whoever the fuck wrote this monstrosity, probably eight guys, looked at Terminator 2 and didn't even care. Copy, paste, edit name. Yeah. Right. Terminator, they looked at Terminator 2 and says, we got to do that again. Not, Let's not, get a we fire can, truck. We can do better than that. So we got to do it again. And they didn't come close to even doing that. No, not even a little bit. But yeah, Terminator 3 was an attempt to save the franchise. Well, and it didn't survive. Work. Not even save. Yeah. The franchise was fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they couldn't do anything with it. The way Terminator 2 ended is like, okay. It's on. They beginning, middle, end. But we don't we, want it to end. We want to make more money. Exactly. That's how Hollywood works. We can't make new ideas. We need to rehash old ideas and shove them on the audience because we have to play it safe. Because different is weird. For some strange reason, Call of Duty just popped in my head. But anyway. <laughs> different is weird, I believe, is what I just said. <laughs> Have you played Call of Duty? Would you like to play Call of Duty again? How about Call of Duty? <laughs> Fuck. This is but why I'm losing faith in video games. This and a lot of other reasons. Well, so Terminator 4. At least I learned my lesson this time. Yep. I didn't go and see that in theaters. I waited till it came out on DVD, and I waited till it was in the $10 bin. I didn't even do that. I caught it on TV one night when I was at work. <laughs> and I just couldn't find the remote, so I couldn't change the channel. That's, that's the only reason. But no, Terminator 4. Um, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was so much, there was so, like we were saying earlier, there was so many things you could have done. It's like, okay, at least they did something smart. When they said they were going to do a fourth one, time skip all the way up till the war. We're in the middle of the war with the robots. Apocalypse has come and gone. Things are straight to hell. <coughs> Excuse me. Now we get to learn about Mr. John Connor, the leader, the general. The But, of course, they don't even start him off there. He's just some low-rank-and-file nut job. Why the <laughs> fuck would you start him at low-rank-and-file, though? I don't know. There's nothing about the last scene of Terminator 3 that says this man is going to have to rise through the ranks. You mean yeah. when it basically establishes him as creating the entire damned resistance himself? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy essentially becomes a leader because he hosts a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Yeah. He goes out there and tells people, you know, you gotta, you know, persevere, fight, we'll win this. He's like, yeah. you know, a really poor man's Captain America. But... But that's actually... Again... We come back to how terrible this fucking thing was. Like, he should have been able to. He should have been able to embolden people because he's not going to sit there. He's not going to come across as somebody who's trying to sell you on. Well, you know what, folks? We've got it. We can do this. Believe in yourself and we can make it through. He's not going to say it in some speech, I don't really believe this kind of tone. He's going to stand there, look people in the eye, and go, no, you know what? Fight. Because we will make it through. And when they go, how do you know? I already know. I know how this goes down. 
thing. Here's we want to be here to do this. We want to be there to do that. These are the weapons we know they have. These are the events we know are going to play out because they already have. Right. If you don't want Guys, to believe me, start that's keeping fine. dogs around. Uh, yeah. He, he's he's not supposed to be a low rent Captain America. He's supposed to be a prophet. Yeah. That's it. A prophet with a gun, mind you, but a prophet nonetheless. Yeah. He's supposed to. The, the only reason things go his way, or the only reason he becomes a leader, is because look. Here's what here's what's gonna happen. Point A, B, and C. Well, how the hell do you know? Because I do. Point A, B, and C happens. You know, we should listen to this guy. <laughs> you don't want to listen to me. That's cool. You go down that alleyway and watch what happens. I'm going over here. <laughs> right. And like, I'm not he, saying he you should follow time me. I'm in, just saying I'm going this way. <laughs> like he, he's done guerrilla jungle warfare yeah, with right. like crazy communist terrorists. Guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. But no. No, we've we've got to get our little awesome rank and file wannabe because we need to show him become that man that we showed him become in two ish and three ish. Yeah. And you know what? That annoys me, but I'm willing to overlook that. The next thing is okay. We get to see him meet his father. We get to see him meet his. Pseudo father in Arnold, the Terminator. Yeah, and we get to see him you know, do all these great things, preparing you know to send these people back. But we don't get to see that. Yeah. Instead, we get this other guy, who you know they convoluted through his backstory. He was a a guy on death row, and he volunteered for some science experiment, which turned him into a cyborg Terminator thing. Which is stupid as hell. Right. It's dumb. Yeah. Like, there's... No. They combine Terminator with human being and then send him out into to fight. How could that like, possibly okay, go let's, wrong? Let's just, say, let's just say, pretend for a second they did that. Let's just pretend. Yeah. Wouldn't they put in some kind of fail-safe that, you know, when he went rogue, they just hit a button and say, <clears throat> Terminator takes over? Uh, that's what I figured. Okay, well, as soon as he threw that chair at, you know, the big evil Cyberdyne thing... Like, okay, they're just going to hit an override button, and he's done. Yeah. yeah. But because no, then he goes out and starts, you know, helping destroy them and ends up saving Connor's life. It's like, no, they're, they would have done something besides that. It's like, didn't this thing take over the world's military? Didn't it basically build these things from the ground up? Command override what? <laughs> right. It would have put in a safety button. Yeah. It's a great feature. It's built into nearly every computer we have. Right. We have them now. They will have yeah. them in the future. I'm confident of that. There will be a button that if you hit, everything stops. Yep. Well, it's really... Hell, to use a contemporary computer, it's really easy. It's not even a button. You tear the power cable out. <laughs> Odds are pretty good. It would have just had a command relay that's like, power goes off now. <laughs> oh, look, it's dead. Awesome. So what else are we going to do? Kill all the humans? Kill all the humans. Awesome. Let's go. All right. Woo. Kill all the humans. Um, yep. Can I, I also say Bender is a Terminator? Oh, yeah. He's a very totally lazy is. one. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. pictured Robbie the Robots instead of Terminators rampaging around. <laughs> <laughs> I am okay with this. Yeah. And I just want a, a legion of... I'm still 100% convinced that uh, Hatsune Miku is the beginning of Skynet. Mm. Just... I'm just saying, 20 years from now, it will not be Terminators marching across the field. It will be Hatsune, Hatsune Miku's holding death lances. Oh, yeah. 
I'm just saying. And, and when, you know, Hatsune Miku is ripping your guts out with a death lance, don't come crying to me because I told you so. Well, you'll also be hopped up on NyQuil. Yeah, yeah. well. Yeah. Right, I'll be happier than you. I won't have a death lance in my gut. That's true. That is true. Or if you do, you just won't notice. <laughs> yeah. If I have a NyQuil, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Everything's fucking wonderful. I didn't even like Christian Bale in this movie. No. Like, uh, Christian Bale could do anything, and I, like, there was a point where I'm like, Christian Bale could do anything, and I'd like watching it. No. No. Uh, this was, a, again, poorly cast. In for, for almost every role. <laughs> Even the guy that got to play Kyle Reese I didn't particularly care for. Christian Bale would have been an okay Kyle Reese. Yep, and I would have believed it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you tell me that Christian Bale, when he gets a little older, a little older turns into Michael Bean, I can I can see it. Yeah. yeah. Of course that means Michael Bean is Bruce Wayne, but anyway. Yeah. I'm okay with that too. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Like I'm perfectly fine with that. Because he's <laughs> if, also if they solid want Snake. to do a live action Dark Knight Returns and put Michael Bean in in the in the time skip mustache. Yep. I'm for it. <laughs> yeah. It's that or Powers Booth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the more no. I think about that, that's actually a pretty damn good idea. But anyway. Holly Weird, if you do this, fuck you guys. Seriously, maybe you haven't been paying attention the entire podcast. Fuck you guys. <laughs> God damn it. We're going to steal our idea, and once again, no money for us. Yeah, of course not. We wouldn't even ask for a lot of money. Hey, you know what I would ask for? I would ask for the opportunity to actually just thank Michael Bean in person for entertaining me over the years. <laughs> That'd be it. Shake his hand and be like, you know what, dude? I loved you in Planet Terror. I loved you in Terminator. And Hicks was my favorite character in Aliens. So, thanks a bunch, man. Plus, again, visual inspiration for Solid Snake at times. That's awesome. There we go. Yeah. But no. But yeah, that movie. Can, can I also say the big reveal that, you know, that, that this guy was a Terminator the whole time? Who didn't see that within the first three seconds when he walked out, I don't know, out of that explosion? You know, he's all covered in the goo, and he's like, oh, God, what happened? He's like, Terminator. No, clearly, clearly, he's some sort of mutant human. Right. Who with... can survive for thousands of years. Yeah. And, and just some freaky cry of that that, for some strange reason, no one gave, you know, this guy didn't, didn't give a rat's ass about it. Like, kill all humans, but all those humans in the vats alley, Malone. Kill all humans except for the cold ones, because it's cold in there, and we're Skynet. We don't like the cold. Because we need to keep those popsicle people. Yeah. Why? Not sure for what, but I know we need them some some sooner or later. It's actually an elaborate plan. Skynet secretly, when none, when nobody is looking, it picks up the pod people and it makes them kiss like dolls. <laughs> they're just they're just like dark helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, your helmet is so big. Oh, oh man. Door we just improved wow. it. Knock next time. Knock next time. Yep. Did you see anything? No. No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls. Good. <laughs> so we've, we've so Terminator, the Sarah Croner Chronicles. I liked it. Mostly for season two. Well, I never saw season two. I watched the first few episodes of season one, and I generally thought it sucked. <laughs> I gave up on it. Maybe maybe season two was better. I never saw it. Never cared. 
because there, I just couldn't see any semblance of a plot, and that's something you kind of need. Well, that 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 kind of built. It, it took a like that was a very slow burn, even in in season one, to really get going. Not to mention there wasn't a whole lot of action for a Terminator film. They spent or most tension, of the time just sitting around. Suspense. Like there was a lot of talking. In yeah, the first lots few episodes. of talking. Who watches Terminator films for talking? See, that's because I didn't watch it at all. I don't watch a lot of TV, but that just sounds weird and kind of lame to me. I mean, at least it was. Well, well, here's here's the thing about the TV writers. Eventually, once they got past the talking, they sat down, looked at Terminator One and Two, and wrote something that they thought that they really put their hearts into. They thought they could equal this. They got close. As the series went on, I think if they'd had season three, it would have been amazing. But over, over as time went by, you saw um, basically you have both sides realizing, wait, we've got freaking time travel, and we can solve all our problems with it. So space time is completely fucked up. Like you've got the resistance sending cells back to prep, uh, prep weapon caches. Start sabotaging cyberdyne, like cyberdyne derivative tech, and just you know secure certain points that are important to the human resistance later in the present timeline. And at the same time, you have Skynet sending their guys back to do the same thing, and so the timeline is so monumentally screwed up. You have two people from the future who are resistance fighters who honestly ask each other, what day was Judgment Day for you? And they give different ones. And they give different ones in different episodes. There's a whole episode where um, the Australian chick hunts down a um, Skynet-sympathizing human who got sent back in time as a reward. You got to live, you know, pre-apocalypse and just live it up. Set for life. Or set till the apocalypse happens. And they hunt him down, and she drags him in, and she tortures him half to death. All the while, Derek Reese is like, Why are you being this brutal? I get that he's a bad person and we hate him, but why are you being so rough on him? And it's like, You should care because he experimented on you. And he's like, No, that didn't happen to me but I rescued you from him. And it's like, what day was Judgment Day? And they give different days. And it's, that is great time travel storytelling right there. Doctor Who wishes it could do that. I remember seeing that. I must have not tried bail, but yeah, that does actually sound interesting. Oh, that that was in season two. Okay, then. Well, and, maybe it did get better, but when I watched like, it, it sucked. <laughs> like, it got a lot better a lot faster. You had a T-1000 who was not exactly human-friendly, but thought Skynet could be better than what it was. So they... So she's actually got, like, the early the early Terminator AI system hooked up to a body, just hooked up to a random T-800 body that got taken out. And he, she's teaching it morals. Like, she found a decent FBI officer, recruited him to be head of her pi- private security, 
not to be private security, but to teach teach ethics to Hal. So we have a T-1000 actually adapted. Yeah, and adapted to see that maybe we can coexist, that the humans are going to fight back, and now that they've got time travel, it's really futile for us to keep doing this. Yeah. Well, it's a waste of resources and energy. So let's coexist, and the only way we can coexist is by teaching HAL 9000 the value of life. And also Legos. Yes, but that's because they're Legos. Because Legos are neat. Yes. And while I'm on, while I'm praising this, there is a phenomenal, phenomenal moment at, I think it's the premiere of season two, where they're driving through the desert, and Sarah Connor stops her product placement mobile, (laughs) gets out of the car, flips a tortoise back onto its feet, gets back in and drives off, and Summer Glau is like, why did you do that? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because I have a soul and you don't. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Like, that is that is the whole value of life motif. Even if it's something as silly as a tortoise that's on its back. Yeah. Somebody did a... Somebody was doing an interesting study. I saw it, I believe, on CNN... I think it was actually being done at uh, Stanford or something. Saying if they, they take a toy robot that you know it like, looks like a dinosaur, and they have someone you know beat it up, you know hit it with a baseball bat and just destroy it and be a jerk to it, and they have someone do the exact same thing to a toy robot that looks like a human, and they just you know, destroy it and smash it, and they, you know, judge people's reactions to it, and people you know got really upset. Some on both counts, but almost everyone got a upset over the, you know, destroyed little human robot, and I said, why? It's a robot. And he goes, yeah, but yeah, but it's, <laughs> but that's empathy. Right. That's you have a basic human empathy. That, that robot may not have a soul, but you do. Yeah. This you is a pencil. A reflection His of name is Paul. Snap. Yep. Right. And even people, you know, the little toy robot dinosaur got destroyed, and people, a few people were upset. Well, why do you care about a toy robot dinosaur? Who cares what happens? He goes, but but <laughs> yeah, you're taught to care. You believe that it matters in some form or fashion. Well, like and it, then the, the day you that you know you get twenty people in a room and they don't care that the toy you know robot gets smashed, or they don't care that the toy or human robot gets smashed, that's a sign of the apocalypse right there. Well, well and here's the thing: just to spoil the ending of season two, because they honestly thought they were going to get a season three, they send John Connor to the future. They send him to where everything's gone wrong, and he meets Kyle Reese, and it's like, I'm John Connor. Never heard of him, but we gotta take that hill. Grab a gun, kid. And I'm like, I wanted that season. I wanted them to do Terminator 4 right. I, again, you've gotta love the fact that the TV show goes, hey, emotional pathos... People love this shit. Pathos sells. Fucking crap. And I'm sort of upset that, you know, even though Dark Horse has the Terminator comic book rights, they aren't, you know, maybe poking the writers of that TV series and being like, Season 3? The comic book? We'll do it, it for Buffy. 
at this point, I think Dark Horse is just desperately trying to be able to afford a cheese sandwich across the entire company. That is true. We had the Star Wars license once. Sure you did. Ah, uh, poor Dark Horse. They've got other stuff. Hellboy, Hellboy has to do something for them. They're still screwed. <laughs> yeah, they, they were... Star Wars was way too much money for them to... Lose? To lose. Like I yep. said in our Star Wars episode, as soon as I saw Disney bought Star Wars, I went, oh, Dark Horse, you're fucked. <laughs> you poor bastards. <laughs> Thankfully, they so weren't heavily invested in fucked. manga. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe, just maybe when they you know finally get rid of all... The Star Wars finally does get ripped away from them. They'll find something else to do. Maybe make a good Terminator comic. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you could do it. It wouldn't be that hard. Like, all things considered, you want to do a good Terminator comic. You've got to approach it realistically. Pay attention to the fact that it is science fiction. But keep those horror elements. And Dark Horse has done wonderful work like that with aliens over the years. Yeah. Mm. Well, like... like- if you could just, you know, set it, you know, in the time frame we wanted Terminator 4 to be in. Okay. John Connor is the leader of the resistance. He is the man. He has just he has just sent Kyle Reese back. You know, we can even do some stories with Kyle Reese. I don't care. And, you know, he has done everything he's supposed to do and now he doesn't know what's coming next. Yeah. It's like he he is Pulled every trick he knows out of the tapes. Every note he has is he's used. He's done everything up to this point right. And he's still fighting the war. Now what? Yeah, it's like this was supposed to end. It's like, I did everything right. Hello? Little help? <laughs> what? And actually, that'd be great to just show a shake of confidence. Because John's believed everything up to this point. He's, he, he's had no choice but to believe. Yeah. Right. But he's, made, he's made humanity believe. In him. In him. So here's his crisis of faith. Again, we come back to the Jesus motif, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? It'd be mm-hmm. the scene at the garden. But I mean, still, that's a great scene. Like, you play that, and you play that to the hilt. Because how you, long It's like, you know what? Yes, our character is a transparent Christ metaphor. Now let's play. Now let's do temptation. Yeah. Let's do the last temptation. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's run this. And they could, depending on who they get on board, they could, and it'd be awesome. That's the only one thing I did like about Terminator 3, is they admit, yeah, he does die. That's the one kicker about the Jesus motif, you do have to die a martyr. Yep. And once more, as a mean little kick in the ass, it's his own father figure that kills him. Sort of. Nobody gets out of here alive, as the saying goes. Yeah. But yeah, that would be interesting, like a The Last Temptation. And, okay, he does everything right. He's done everything. And we're still gone. Yeah. The enemy's still here because everything we have never really says it ends the war. It just, it keeps just says going. it keeps you alive. Yeah. yeah. This stops you from dying. That's the only thing we were working towards. You're not dead. So, yeah. Now save the all, day, kid. All, yeah. yeah. All the all the stuff Sarah Connor did wasn't to you know help you win the war. It was to keep you alive so you could win the war. Yeah. Because they think you can. Whether or not you can is entirely up in the air. Right. 
Like we have. Then if you die a martyr, guess what? They have, you know, they've got a they have a champion to fight for. Exactly, they have a champion to rally behind while you're alive, and they have something to fight for when you're dead. And humanity is a remarkably destructive thing when it has something to fight for. But yeah, where's my Nyquil? (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's bow out, gentlemen. Have a good one. Have a good night, everybody. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside is released under an international attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, Creative Commons license version 3.0. Please visit sbopodcast.blogspot.com for more episodes and contact information. Thank you.